Hello, and welcome to the Lola Community Podcast. Here you'll find conversations, practices, teachings, musings, all sorts of goodies, um, just to deepen your own awareness, knowledge, self-inquiry. These are things that we're really passionate about, about over here in the Lola community. Um, we are really a hybrid community. We offer live events and retreats in the Washington, D.C. area. And then we also have online communities, this podcast, of course, and other supportive resources. If you go to the newly revamped and revised lolacommunity.com, you will find everything you need to learn more about us. But more importantly, we have offered you the resource section. So go to lolacommunity.com and click on resources. There you will find yoga practices. You will find access to our self-compassion challenge. You will find access to my book, Delight, and also Plan to Thrive, the ultimate time and energy management guide. So lots of goodies for you guys to help you deepen your own inner life, to connect to other soul sisters in our community and beyond, and just to really inspire and uplift your everyday life. So we hope you enjoy and please remember to share, share, share. For small communities like ours, the most important thing is authentic sharing and engagement. We love to know the members of our community. So sharing podcast episodes with your friends or loved ones, um, sharing links to our writing or our community retreats, all of that really does matter in terms of strengthening our community and being able to really find the women who want to do this kind of work. So thank you in advance for being such an advocate for your own healing, your own well-being, and your own deep self-care. Hi guys, welcome to today's conversation with Karen Brody. I'm really excited about talking with Karen in this conversation about rest and relaxation and something I love, yoga nidra. So I hope that you get inspired to learn some of the techniques. Go ahead and grab her book, Daring to Rest. has some wonderful yoga nidra scripts in there. I love the stories that she weaves in. And I just think it's it's a great reference book for your deep self-care and nourishing library. So enjoy the conversation and email us if you have any questions. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Um, I was reading through my notes this morning and thinking about our conversation. And so I just want to start by really offering gratitude to you for writing this beautiful, amazing book that I truly believe every modern woman should have in their library, in their toolkit, in their next to their bed, because the way that you weave together the science with the stories um, with the yoga, and I'll even add, I, I don't know that this was intentional, but the Ayurvedic tradition is all throughout the whole book. Um, it's so wise, it's so beautiful, and it's such a gift to our lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> mm, thank you. Yes, that was my um, intention. Yeah. To make, I, it, to make it something women really need on their bedside table. 
That's exactly it. And I think that there's this handful of books that I refer to and that I tell women, I try to get in their hands and teach from and talk about all the time is these books that can go throughout all the stages of, of being alive, of being human, through all of the things that we go through. So these practices that we return to that can really help us with the integration of whatever arises right? Because yes. it's all going to arise, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wrote this book because as a mom, I really felt that uh, I had a very, I didn't realize uh, it because I had many practices. I had already been a meditator for many years. Yeah. I had already, I had many practices, but I realized I had a very shaky foundation. And a big part of the foundation piece that was missing was rest. Yeah. So tell us, tell everybody about the journey of the book. And also there's so many stories in the book of women who've gone through your program. So you had that originally and then decided to write the book or tell me a little bit about the origin story. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just turned on by yoga nidra meditation. I was a mom with little kids and I was exhausted and I did not plan to take a nap <laughs> I always call yoga nidra my nap yeah right it's like a super nap but I walked into a yoga studio thinking I was going to take a bendy stretchy yoga class and then I saw to my right uh, a whole bunch of women lying down looking totally blissed out and looking like what looked like a nap mm -hmm. uh, and I thought I want what they got I don't know what they got but I want what they got and from there, it just turned into this love affair with yoga nidra meditation. I'd never felt so deeply rested, but there, was, there were a lot more benefits as well, which we'll probably talk about mm -hmm. in this time together. But the main piece that kept sticking with me is, I want to go share this with other people. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, you know, when you have a really good thing, I think it's, I think it's Dr. Clarissa Pinkoli says, says mm -hmm. when you find good medicine, share it with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so to me, rest medicine was really good medicine. And daring to rest yoga nidra meditation is rest medicine mm -hmm. for our modern times. We don't know how to go into that space of doing nothing. We don't know how to power down. And so this guides you to that space. And I was so jazzed up about it that I got trained in yoga nidra meditation. First, I got trained in the I rest method mm -hmm. with Richard Miller. Mm -hmm. And I started teaching something called NapQuest for moms. And it was a 40-day journey, similar to my book. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was all online. In the, even in the early days, uh, I had a friend who told me everything's going online and I was like how could you not do how could you not do this in person and she's like no no everything's going online <laughs> and well she was right and then I just started to feel this uh this rumble this purpose in offering women an opportunity each year so I did would do it once a year it wasn't my main business yeah. it was like a side business I just thought it was really powerful. And every year I looked forward to the 40 days that I would go through with yeah. women. And it had different names. It started out as NapQuest for Moms. One year it was called the 40 Day Feminine Leap. Mm. I mean, there were different names yeah. for this program that then became Daring to Rest. Yeah. 
And I, at the time, was running a training program with midwives and doulas, and I was mm -hmm. training midwives and doulas and found that the foundation of the program was yoga nidra meditation and what they seemed to learn, use the most with their pregnant mamas and postpartum mamas was yoga nidra meditation. And it just, everything just kept informing me. And then I decided I wanted to get more serious about really running a yoga nidra meditation business, which I thought was really odd. Like, wow, what does that mean? Like I'm in the business of rest, <laughs> offering people rest, but this is deep, magical, transformational sleep. Yeah. That to me, again, it was this anecdote for our modern times with the busy, the, the lure of doing more, to be more productive, all of these things that I raised my hand. I mean, I'm doing this work because that has been, rest has been a challenge for me, mm. right? I mean, I like tell me to go build a house in a week and I'm ready, I'm in, right? But what I realized is you can't build a house and build a house and build a house and build a house. You've got to have rest and digest mm -hmm. time as well. And now that I've plugged that in more, it's really made a huge difference in my life and I wanted to do that with others. And so I wrote the book, Daring to Rest, based on the experiences through the 40-day program of women who've been through my 40-day program, but also probably about three years before I wrote the book, I only was focusing on yoga nidra meditation. That was my company. Mm -hmm. And I was doing nine-month immersion programs with women. Mm -hmm. The same uh, journey of daring to rest, but stretching it out nine months so that we really took a deep dive yeah. because... The point of the book, Daring to Rest, isn't just to go and once in a while practice yoga nidra meditation. Right. It's really to make rest a lifestyle, mm -hmm. to tap into rhythm, to tap into resonance. Mm -hmm. These are cousins, rest, rhythm, resonance. Uh, a big uh, inspiration of mine is Dr. Ruben Nyman. He wrote mm -hmm. a book called Healing Night. That book talks a lot about these three, I call them like the three sisters, mm -hmm. rest, rhythm, and resonance. Mm -hmm. And and the more we practice yoga nidra meditation, the more we get in touch with these three sisters mm -hmm. and the more we begin to literally wake up in our lives. So to me, yoga nidra meditation is lying down to wake up. Yeah. You know, it's an awakening practice. Yes, it will help you feel more well-rested. For me, that was the initial piece when I was a mom with young kids, all I needed was rest. I was totally sold on yoga nidra when they told me 45 minutes feels like three hours of sleep in your body. I was like, sign me up because I need to have more bang for my buck on sleep because the kids are like nonstop. And those years with the your early years with kids, yeah. you can't really control the situate your sleep no. situation, right? So this really suddenly helped me become more... Uh, joyous, more happy in, in my life where I was just more like a robot before that. Yeah. You know, I was just kind of going through the motions, telling everyone I was fine, you know, when I wasn't really so fine. Yeah. That, do you think that, have you ever heard people ask you, especially, especially women around, if I do this, I'm afraid I won't get back up. Like, I'm so tired that I have to keep working. I have to keep doing because I don't trust myself yet to rest and then be productive or do something after. Have you ever heard 
anything yeah, like that. We've come yeah. up a bunch lately in our circles, and it's so interesting to me. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, you know we we tell ourselves these things, and I think that we have a lot of rest shame, and we've kind of yeah. been convinced of yeah. of um, this false reality. Uh, it does take a while to get used to rest. Yeah. and to actually balance the being and the becoming. Mm -hmm. And that's why the book is written in three phases, rest, release, and rise, because rise is very much a part yeah. of our soul. Our soul wants us to rise. Our soul wants us in becoming. We just need the being as well. We need you know, the balance of the two. And so when we first start resting, many people do actually feel like, you know, oh gosh, you know, I'm not, maybe I won't get to this or that or the other. And then you find when, when you make rest a lifestyle, you find the balance. You're not collapsing from rest. You're not checking out with rest. Yoga Nidra is helping you check in. Yeah. It's a different kind of rest. Yeah. It's very different. Like I did the check out kind of rest. Yeah. Like laying on the couch. Uh, yeah. Like that. This is the check in kind of rest. And yeah. so you do wake up and most women, you know, I don't like to really branded as uh, you'll be more productive because I think that's, <laughs> that's something our culture has taught us uh, yep. is, is makes us worthy, makes us enough. And I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that, that I don't like to brand it that way, but what I find, and this is why we do emphasize the rise phase and how to rise rooted, how women can rise rooted because we do need to be in service in the world and there yeah. is, there are things to do yeah. and, and, and there are real things to do as in get the groceries done and get, make right. dinner at night. Right. And so what if we could rest and rise mm -hmm. and we can, you know, it's, it's, it's not an either or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that sort of energy, the, the way I've also sort of talked about it and just felt it really in my own life is the trust that happens. It's almost like before, um, when I was really living in very high beta all the time, in all the ways, in every moment, <laughs> uh, that I didn't, I hadn't developed that trust of rhythm and routine. Um, and so it was scary at first to sort of watch myself let go of some areas and then kind of waver and dance back and forth to play with it and then watch myself like especially with my cycles and the moon um and the teaching of, of ayurveda really helped me lean into the fact that oh my gosh there are these times in the month when i'm expansive and energetic and these times when i'm quiet and inward and then if i watch it for like a number of months in a row I can really feel that expansion and contraction that's super, that I'm not doing anything to do it. I just am subtract, I'm like letting go of a lot of things to make space for that natural rhythm. Yeah. Um, and that's been, and that I just find so much of that language in your book and in the, in the 40 days that you outlined. So that was really a beautiful connection. Um, can you talk a little bit about, so I know that the women in our community will be asking questions around, so what's the difference between this and the other meditation at Insight or at like, you know, all the different types of, or TM or 
is this another thing I need to learn how to do or what's the difference between this and sleeping and, and sort of, can you talk a little bit about the layers and the differences? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a meditator for a really long time mm -hmm. uh, and mostly, you know, it, well, it was conventional meditation, which keeps you in your beta brain, mm -hmm. it keeps you uh, in that waking state where you follow your breath or you follow a mantra uh, I didn't do a lot of guided uh, meditation, but I did a lot of silent meditation. Mm -hmm. Typically, in conventional meditation, you're in your beta brain. And uh, in yoga nidra, you go from that beta brain, the waking state, mm -hmm. to the dreaming state, into the deep sleep state, and then to a fourth state of consciousness that you can't get when you're sleeping, it's called Turiya. And in the fourth state of consciousness, this is supreme relaxation. This is when the thoughts, because as you go to sleep, your thoughts get less and less. Mm -hmm. When you're in a fourth state of consciousness, a lot of yogis say that you go to a place that is zero stress. Mm -hmm. So there's no thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say they're very, very, very low. Uh, and even if you dip into it for... Uh, let's say 30 seconds to a minute each time you're practicing yoga nidra, you have this opportunity to rewire yourself, re rewire habits, patterns, emotions, uh, things that aren't working in your life and redirect conscious energy toward uh, what's more in your true nature. Mm -hmm. So your subconscious mind is very open when you're in this deep state of in the fourth state of consciousness, even in deep sleep. It's almost like if you think about when they, sometimes uh, people who are very, um, they've been in a traumatic uh, car accident, they might not, some um, automatically their body goes into a coma. Some people, uh, they get induced into a coma in order to let their body rejuvenate, the organs mm -hmm. rejuvenate. Well, the brain waves are very similar to like a coma where you actually, you're, finally your body can rest. <laughs> the, when the thoughts go back, ego begins to fall back as well. So the thoughts get less, ego falls away, your true nature comes forward, and you feel more aligned when you wake up in Yoga Nidra to everything that is in alignment with the truth of who you are. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the people, the toxic people in your life, you start to really recognize, ooh, this is toxic. Like instead of when you're busy and you kind of know, oh, he's an asshole or whatever, you know, kind of thing, but you yeah. go back to the asshole again and again and again. Suddenly in Yoga Nidra, you practice enough, you exercise the muscle of rest enough and you don't go back to the assholes because they smell really bad. Mm -hmm. You get a full body yuck. Mm -hmm. And then you feel more attracted to your full body yum. In this fourth state of consciousness, the subconscious mind is so open and fertile. So we plant intentions there in yoga nidra meditation. That's not something in conventional meditation mm -hmm. that I'd experienced before. It is a guided meditation, yeah. but it's very specific. It takes you through a map and it takes you through these five koshas. So in yoga, yeah. you know, they don't think of the body as just the physical body. It's also the energy body, the mental body, the wisdom body, and the bliss body. Mm -hmm. And when you travel and bring awareness to these five koshas, these five bodies of awareness, knowing that your body is not just this gross, heavy, physical body, 
but there's more subtle layers. Mm -hmm. The veils begin to lift on the layers and you can be more connected to your soul, Mm -hmm. to your, to your purpose, to your, to, to that truth of who you are. I mean, ultimately yoga nidra meditation is a pointer back to your true nature. Yeah. That's what it does. Each time you lie down, that's why I say it's lying down to wake up. But what's exciting and yummy and great, especially for me when I was an exhausted mom of two little, very active boys, it gave me the rest that I needed. Yeah. It just powered me down in ways that I could not power down in a very busy life. Yeah. I could not find a way to power down. I actually didn't have sleep issues, although I work with many women who have sleep issues. Yeah. I didn't personally have sleep issues. I actually usually collapsed on the pillow right when the, after the kids went yeah. to bed and yeah. passed out. So sleep wasn't an issue for me, but what I will say is that for many people, it helps reteach the body how to go to sleep, how to power down. Many times sleep is just a matter of our bodies don't know how to power down. The mind, the thoughts are what keep us stressed. Mm -hmm. So if we can get the thoughts to begin to recede, Mm -hmm. we can fall asleep. Yeah, and we, or we can fall back to sleep when we wake early in the morning because a lot of women in menopause are going. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. Do mo- do a lot of people fall asleep in the practice, and is that is that okay or not okay, or how do you sort of talk about the the falling asleep? I've been to yoga nidra, uh, especially during teacher training, and years ago they I used to go regularly, and there was always someone who would fall asleep so loudly and be just snoring away next to me. And then my mind would hook on to the snoring and I'd be like, shh, you know, um, until eventually I was like, oh, this is just what happens. Lots of other people are going to fall asleep around me. And that this is part of the practice, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people can call it yoga snoredra. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone said, why am I paying to hear all that snoring? <laughs> you know, my well, there's, there, there are, we talk about this with our daring to rest facilitators because yeah. I train women in yoga nidra. <laughs> Um, to have a policy about that. There are, there are, you don't kick people out uh, then, but you do, you do wake them up. You yes. do say that you're going to wake up snores. Uh, every, every, every teacher is different and you know, that yeah. can, but it can be very distracting. Not that, <laughs> not that you can't uh, be in a yoga nidra class with the snoring. Cause as you said, I mean, really we're in yoga nidra, we're practicing in, welcoming everything just as it is. Right. So, okay, the snoring could be one thing, but I did yoga nidra for years in New York City. There were sirens all the time, noises all the time during yoga nidra. So there you are in this deeply relaxed state and there are the noises, but actually that's good practice for real life as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but snoring can be particularly triggering for some people because they may have a snore, they may have a partner that is beside them that snores. So it it can be particularly triggering. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the the, yoga nidra experience, typically, even if you fall asleep, you are absolutely benefiting because there's a part of you that's always awake. Your subconscious mind hears my voice regardless. Mm -hmm. And so the deep rest, the deep relaxation piece, even the waking up piece, the pointing, being pointed to your true nature, it will happen. While we do repeat an intention in yoga nidra, if you go back and really look at the literature on yoga nidra, 
intention isn't really even necessary because yoga nidra will always point you to yeah. your highest yeah. truth, your highest self, yeah. your highest. Yeah. So, so whatever you need to manifest in your life, you need to uh, be aligned with yoga nidra will point you there. So whether you repeat your intention or not, you're still going to be aligned there. And there's a part of you that will always hear my voice. Yes, it is better. We do encourage people to stay awake and aware. Uh, that's usually when you will, um, you will just begin to have a bit of more of a deeper experience with mm -hmm. the practice, but you will absolutely benefit. I slept probably for the first six months yeah. of yoga nidra. I was an exhausted mother. I don't know if I snored. No one told me I snored, but I, I did a 45 minute class. Um, it was an hour, total of an hour, but about 45 minutes of yoga nidra. We usually don't do more than that. And I do 15 minutes during the week. Most times I don't do really long yoga nidras. I do 15 to 20 minute ones on the weekends. I might do longer with my husband and my kids, mm -hmm. but I don't tend to do it uh, during the week at all, more than 15, 20 minutes. And it's just one of those things that, um, you know, sometimes people fall asleep and if you needed sleep, you need sleep. So enjoy right. it. I remember Rod, I was in a Rod Stryker training for, I think, Four Desires a few years ago. And he had said that something like, someone said, well, what if I fall asleep when I'm doing this contemplation? He was like, then you're tired, get some sleep. So yeah. sometimes it's like overthinking <laughs> it, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about, I love, love, love how you weave the brain science and the, the neuroscience and the latest research into the book. Like it's so, I think oftentimes with, the, with these um, really wonderful, helpful books, they do like a whole chapter just on brain science and then you sort of skip and then it, you sort of move on. And what I love about what you did was weaving it throughout because it could really reinforce the concept. So give us a little bit for people who haven't read the book yet, um, what's happening in our physiology and why is this so important right now? Yeah, well, you know, our whole bodies, let's just say we're under stress, right? Yeah. So yeah. we know this, yeah. uh, you know, the, there is uh, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic branches of our nervous system <laughs> and yoga nidra meditation. The moment you start to rotate attention through the body, you begin to turn on that parasympathetic branch yeah. of the nervous system and the breath work as well. So we rotate attention through the body. We begin to uh, do some deep conscious breath work mm -hmm. right there. Your parasympathetic branch is so happy and not that you don't want sympathetic branches and you want to balance. You don't want to only be in parasympathetic because you'd be like a zombie. And that's why you actually see yeah. some, you see some yogis who do a lot of meditation. I'm not saying they're zombies, but I'm saying that they can't, they can't balance their checkbook, you know, or things like mm -hmm. that. They can't, yes. they can't do some, some basic things because you, you, you're not going to be in that state all the time, yeah. but you do want this balance. And so the moment that you start to, the start to do, the, do body rotation, breath work, that starts to happen. And then... We go into the, when we go into the mental body in yoga nidra, after breath work, we usually begin to pair opposites. And this is so powerful to allow the right and left sides of the brain mm -hmm. to begin to balance so that we don't fall into that sense of either or. We actually can begin to 
we're, we're purifying and we're, you know, we're being led toward unification in the body. We often pair opposites, even in rotating attention throughout the body, like the body sensing that we begin yoga nidra with. But in the mental body, we uh, become aware of emotions and we are able to begin to take that step back as we go into the wisdom body mm. as the observer of our lives. And this, again, I mean, it's all really, to be honest, the yoga nidra, the, the primary thing is, it, you know, it triggers that relaxation response. Mm. The moment you have that triggered, you just, you start to release um, so many important hormones that mm. we, you know, the adrenals begin to relax. You, you have uh, serotonin that, you know, with depression and, and, and the, the dopamine and all of these pieces that are so out of balance when we're stressed, they come into balance. They start to become more regulated. So, you know, hormonally for many women, they might be having hot, a lot of hot flashes, perimenopausally, um, after a baby, anytime that, you know, but a lot of times if you get this sleep, this regular sleep, that goes away. Yeah. I also say to women, because yoga nidra is not a pill, you know, it's not a pill. So I always say somebody who's not sleeping, uh, you know, or going to bed very late at night, mm -hmm. go to bed by 10 o'clock. Yeah. Also see, that's very Ayurvedic. Yeah. <laughs> nobody likes well, to hear that. When I nobody likes, oh, spent a weekend up. with people uh, <laughs> at a retreat recently, leading retreat where I just, go, you get a lot of angry looks. Although then I get a lot of emails from women yeah. who do it saying yeah. that it made all the difference. All the difference. Yeah. I mean, it makes so much sense naturally in rhythm with nature and harmony and all that. But I think also if we're in that sort of more fiery, people who tend to stay up late, the energy behind it tends to be a little bit more fiery because we're doing stuff. We're like cleaning stuff or cleaning stuff out or doing our email or cleaning the closet and then we rest. So there's a lot of pitta. There's a lot of fire there. So if I say like, yeah, let's, you know, try to go to bed between nine and 10 and I get fire back. I'm like, oh, there's a little pit to imbalance. We just want to deal with that with sweetness and love, but it's not yeah. so personal. It's more energetic. And that just for me feels a little bit more universal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, and what I find is that women who do it because the body loves rhythm. Yeah. The body loves rhythm. And even if it's 11 o'clock at night. Yeah the body loves rhythm. So go to bed at 11 o'clock every single night. Yeah. I say, start there. You know, you can work your way back to 10. <laughs> Secretly. We won't tell yeah. you that now, but um, okay. We have to talk about the feminine highway. Yes. Uh, please, please. I love it. I love yeah. this whole section. I have it like all highlighted and exclamation points. So tell everyone about the feminine high opening well, your feminine my, highway yeah my my healer taught me this and yeah. i mentioned him in the book david wright uh, although he didn't call it opening your feminine highway i think i think i said oh it's <laughs> opening your feminine highway and he's like okay <laughs> whatever you want to call it <laughs> yeah but he had me start doing this 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 practice where I, you know, you think of your hands like electrodes yeah. and you take your right hand and you put it in your vaginal area, just by your perineum, just put it down low. And then you put your other hand on your middle of your chest, like right at your heart. Mm -hmm. 
And then honestly, you just hold it there. Yeah. It's very simple. It's very simple. And there is a highway. There is a, a valve that we open, a feminine valve that this opens to allow us to access that place of receiving, that place of, um, again, the rootedness that women often feel is often from not embracing their womanhood. Mm -hmm. And so this very simple practice is so deeply empowering. I've done it when I watch television. Mm -hmm. I mean, David yeah. Wright told me that. And I thought, really? Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, you don't need to be thinking about like, you know, waterfalls and <laughs> chakras and right. anything like that. <laughs> Just while you're watching television, uh, do it. And, and I thought, oh, okay. But a lot of times I do it also when I wake up in the morning or mm -hmm. sleep at night. Yeah. I find that's a really good time. Uh, three, maybe five minutes, five minutes minimum. But you, you can do it longer. I sometimes do it longer as well. But it really shifts you energetically. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women who feel blocked, it's like most of us who are stressed, we're a block of ice. This gets the river flowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this begins to melt the ice. Yeah. And Yoga Nidra will do that as well. But this is a practice of really tapping into that conscious femininity yeah. within us and helps us reclaim ourselves as women. Mm -hmm. I mean, touching yourself in your vaginal area, like right, your vagina and perineum, mm -hmm. many women, we've been taught that's taboo, mm -hmm. right? We've been taught our own bodies are against us. Right, right. And so this is, this is reclaiming that. And I think just, because it's so relevant, if you've had sexual trauma, if you've had any abuse, I mean, going through this entire year, I think even those of us, even in our circles, um, this year, some of the women have said, like, it wasn't my, my father or my uncle or a neighbor, it was in college, the way that I let other men, that I let men treat me. I'm now realizing was abuse, but I condoned it, whether it was alcohol or not saying anything or because everyone else was doing it. So I think there's this whole reclaiming. And what I love about this practice is that it gives us a tool that's physical and energetic for all of us to do all of our healing personally, um, because we need to do it. We've all been through a number of experiences and we don't have the, the tools. And some of us with these full lives, like are not in a place to commit to weekly therapy and to like go back and work on all the wounds and all the traumas. And we need these practical wisdom tools that we can do while we're watching Netflix, <laughs> but that are integrating sort of our real life and our spiritual life and uh, bringing forward into into today a real sense of like, I want my power back, you know? And I, and in some way I wasn't even necessarily realizing I was giving it away. So how can I strengthen that connection and be in my body embodiment practices? Yeah. You know? yeah this whole book is embodiment practice. Yeah. Oh, so totally. Yoga Nidra yeah, is yeah. an embodiment practice. And then we have additional practices that reinforce yeah. that place of embodiment because the more you're in your body, yeah. we, we fear our bodies. We fear yeah. meeting yeah. what's in our bodies because we do have trauma. Yeah. But the more we meet it, the more we go beyond. 
the more things suffer. And that's yoga nidra. Yoga nidra, I love Richard Miller. He talks about, it invites you to have tea in conversation with your messenger. And in, for opening your fun highway, if you've had trauma before, let's say sexual trauma, and that area has been violated, you have the opportunity now to be in control. Nobody's in control of your body except you. And in fact, this is a very empowering position for many women who have had sexual trauma. In fact, it's that first step to taking back your body. Because ironically, or at least it was ironic for me, when I started working with women uh, who had had sexual trauma, they told me the hardest part of the yoga nidra was the body rotation mm. because they didn't, they, they just didn't uh, trust their bodies. They didn't, mm -hmm. uh, they, they felt their bodies had let them down or they'd been violated in their bodies in some way to go to their body was very hard. And of course the whole practice is going to your body, but the rotation to different parts was very hard initially, but ultimately, liberating yeah and i know just thinking back i've been doing a lot of this like writing and research on this book project that i'm working on and it's digging up i'm going through a lot of old journals and so there's some stories and some memories that are coming back that have not been in sort of present life you know and one of the things i noticed that i'm starting to putting together is that there were some experiences i had when i was really young that talked about my body and where men were talking about my body and about, there was one phrase in particular where one of my uncle's friends said, I was probably seven or eight. And he said, she has bedroom eyes. And I didn't, wow. I didn't quite knew what that meant, except it wasn't good. And I didn't want it. And I didn't understand it. And I remember thinking, I want to almost like prove intellect or cognitive ability because I want to ignore that the body would bring anything other, like any other value system. And so I remember trying to sort of cover, like doing a, just a lot of covering up, just a lot of like, I don't want anybody to see this because I don't want these references. I don't want people to talk about um, these things that I don't understand. It just, I didn't understand what he was saying, but it didn't feel good. And I felt really scared of it. And then I remember sort of being like, I'm going to go read and talk about all my books I'm reading. Like, I remember like really trying to separate the body from the mind in order to prove worth through the mind. And then that sort of like just dropped, you know, continued for the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a story. I think women, many women have. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not that specific story. No, totally. Story of trying to prove worth through doing. Yeah. And I don't think I would have identified that. A, a few months ago, I didn't really pick up on, on some of those trends and habits until sort of this, this dominoes of effect the past year, right? My, I like quit drinking in July. We had the Kavanaugh stuff. I've been reading your book, doing my own journal. I'm like, oh, look at all these interesting threads that are just like so many other women. Um, and how does the body play in? And then being more comfortable with embodiment practices. And I think that, um, again, I just really acknowledge your work because this book is such a good tool guide for women who are wanting to explore more of the embodiment practices in a really compassionate and loving and non-threatening way, you know? Yeah. For <laughs> me, you know, I had done a lot of therapy before and I've done a lot of, I had done a lot of, uh, different, uh, practices uh, yeah, before. Yeah. 
and when I found Yoga Nidra, I thought, what? I could lie down yeah. and basically do nothing. And so much transformed in my life. Yeah. From it. I mean, so much that it was beyond what I expected. You're, how old are your boys now? Uh, 18 and almost 20. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about what the practice has been like supporting their stages? I mean, I'm sure it hasn't all been like rainbows and roses and yoga nidra, you know, bliss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I'm starting to write about that more because it's yeah. something that I've really, uh, you know, now I have a little more perspective. Yeah. I'm not as in it. Yeah. And, and it has been really interesting to journey through that. I mean, the, the, the main, the 40 days kind of came out of my total break, the teaching yeah. women 40 days came out of my total breakdown with my older son who, well, it was a combination. It was like a perfect storm, mm -hmm. but I talk about this. Uh, well, I don't talk, think I talk about this specifically in the book. I talk about how we had a very serious robbery. Uh, and I talk about this in the chapter on bliss, ironically, how we had a very serious, we experienced a very serious robbery in Africa when we were living there. And when we came back to the United States, uh, my husband ended up taking a job uh, in a place where we, we found the perfect school for my son, like an ideal school, but we couldn't afford it. And we had to sue the school district to get the funding. And I was, uh, my son is severely dyslexic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, actually from the, I think day 10, as my husband says, he doesn't forget, he started screaming and he didn't stop screaming for a year and a half. He, we ate every meal with a vacuum cleaner on. That was the only way he would stop screaming and we could actually put him down so we could eat. Uh, and otherwise we held him and even then he would scream when we'd hold him. So it wouldn't make much of a difference. Yeah. We checked everything medically. Everything seemed fine. And it turns out that he was dyslexic. He is dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And he had severe learning differences, uh, meaning that he didn't recognize the word the and all these things until really about eighth grade. Um, so, you know, that basically means you're, it's like you're everything. It's just like if we were in the United States and everything was in French in front of us, we couldn't read any of the signs. We couldn't yeah. read the menu. We didn't know what was happening around us. I mean, he was, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was breaking my heart. Mm. And uh, I had already experienced yoga nidra when he was about four years old. And it really got me through an incredible time of exhaustion. Mm. And I felt so much better from it. But then when we went to Tanzania and had uh, a very serious robbery, yeah. I, in the post-traumatic stress that me and my younger son went through, I forgot about yoga nidra. Just forgot. Life got busy. Yeah. We had lost all our possessions. We had no money. All of these things happened again, like, you know, uh, the perfect storm. And my son couldn't read, write, and was uh, calling himself stupid and screaming underneath his bed. And so it was a really heartbreaking time. And that's when I literally, I remember the day that I 
my husband came home and I just said, the kids are yours. I'm out of here. And I took my minivan, drove where I thought I was driving really far away, but it was a raging, there was a raging thunderstorm. I drove to the edge of our little area and I sat by a park and I just broke down hysterical crying. And that's when it hit me. Like, why wasn't I practicing yoga nidra? Like I, I went, I literally finished crying and I was like, I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, okay, I'm going to practice every day for a year. For one year, I'm going to practice every day. Well, it turned out I practiced like for 40 days. I didn't know I was, I didn't do that on purpose. I just happened to practice 40 days in a row. Yeah. And I got really serious. And I'll tell you, nobody thinks their life has any space for rest. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. And I could name all the reasons why yeah. I couldn't rest. Yeah. You know, my kids literally yeah. still were like, very active boys. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had work at this point I was working and there, there were so many reasons to not rest, but I said, that's it. I'm resting. And I made a little rest cave in my basement, literally like a yoga mat, a pillow, an eye pillow, you know, blanket. And it was my little sweet space. And I went there every single day for 40 days. And everything changed. I mean, I actually, we were suing the school district at the time, yeah. as I mentioned, and I just had a whole different perspective on that whole situation because we had never sued anyone before. We had never seen our son falling apart. Uh, and when I went to a meeting, to the, one of the final meetings we had with the school district, um, I hadn't seen my lawyer for about a month. And so she looked at me, she asked me if I had a facelift. <laughs> I was like, no, but I didn't tell her I was practicing yoga nidra. I was too embarrassed at that time. But that's basically my facelift. I was so clear. I was so, and she, we walked out of there and she said, everything you just said, you just got him funded. I know you got him funded. I was clear. I was calm. I was focused. Um, I was rested and I, I, I was able to rise and rooted and take the action I needed to for my son because we're, you know, as moms, we, everyone has something that they're dealing with, with their child. Nobody, you know, there's always something. So for me, it was a severely dyslexic child, but for others, it's other things. Yeah. And, and with our son, um, it, changed his life and my life changed because I, I realized that this is now a lifestyle. I must make yoga nidra meditation yeah. a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This is now um, a foundation. Like this, this feels so foundational to my life. Yeah. And that was it. And then I got trained. I, um, two months later, I trained in Irish yoga nidra. I signed up for the training and then I, I went, I, I've been trained in other, I'm also uh, certified in the Amrit method for yoga nidra. So I have many different influences that yeah. have combined into what I teach now. Yeah. And it's been, it's just been with you. I mean, I really love that story about, I knew about it. Some stuff happened. I forgot my body remembered at the right time, at the right moment, um, really after that release, right, of the crying and sort of getting out, it was like wisdom, again, that your true dharma, your true nature, like, was, had space to breathe and sort of be rebirthed. <laughs> um, and 
these are things that we can't like put on a five-year plan or write out on our goal list. You know, we think we're controlling our path and our dharma and what we're supposed to do next in our career and our life or for our kids. And so much of that clearing space and watching the process um, as we're engaging with it is so powerful. I think that this commitment to the lifestyle, because something we talk about all the time is that the life stuff is gonna, just like what you said, is happening or going to happen. And so really in honor of our families, of our service, of our commitment to our lives, having a rest practice that's foundational gives us that um, engagement with the clarity and the strength that we're gonna need. Yeah. You know, at some point, for some reason. So rather yeah. than the whack-a-mole, you know, like, oh, I'm going to blah, 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 and do this with that adrenal fatigue or with the, you know, overwhelming autoimmune issues that are popping up, this sort of shift of priorities, really, that rest becomes a priority in honor of our, of our life and our commitment to service, not as a way of being selfish or lazy, which is stuff I hear women say all the time, which is just it's just actually the opposite. It's like, I love my family so much that I want to take care of myself at these deepest levels because I might need to do a mama bear fight soon. And in order to do a mama bear fight, I want to be clear. I want to be focused. Yeah. Yeah. Life is going to fall apart yeah. and it's going to come back together. Yeah. Yeah. And right. you know, yoga nidra really reminds us of this. Yeah. It reminds us that we can break, but we don't need to be broken. You know, we, there, there, there are times that we're going to have things fall apart, um, but everything comes back together as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so to wrap up, what, how can people get started? What do you want them to know as they really commit to their rest? Obviously get the book, that's number one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where yeah. else can they learn more and what do you want them to do? Right, so I think that the, the main thing absolutely get the book. It's a 40 day program. Go give yourself 40 days. Yeah. Give yourself permission to rest for 40 days. Try it out. You don't have to say, um, this is rest for life. See if you like it. Maybe my voice is not right for you. Maybe it's yoga nidra is not right for you. That's fine, but try it. Mm -hmm. And that's the best first way to try it. Mm -hmm. um, I will say if you want a really short, easy way to try it, and I can actually give you a, a link for this. Okay. Uh, uh, pleasant, you know, there's a 61 point body rotation mm -hmm. that I teach women mm -hmm. and, and our facilitators are taught this in every single, uh, daring to rest class. Mm -hmm. We begin and end with rest. And many of our, many of our facilitators will just teach 61 points, this body, these are Marma points mm -hmm. and it's, it's their fun. It's fantastic. I have an audio of it that everyone, you know, I'll give you a link. They can get yeah. the audio Great. and the audio helps you go to sleep at night. It helps you if, you know, you need, want to calm down quick. It's like a good five minute practice. Okay. And the more you practice it, the more you can do it automatically. Like if you're on the supermarket aisle, I had panic attacks mm -hmm. for many years and I share that in the book. Mm -hmm. and that became a saving grace for me, mm -hmm. like on a supermarket aisle line or wherever I was, maybe I had to go excuse myself to the bathroom and I do the 61 points mm -hmm. and feel more centered, come back into a room feeling more in harmony. So yeah. yeah. And if you well, get the book, you get the downloads, you've recorded yeah. all those wonderful 
um, practices at the end of the book, which I really love. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's 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 three yoga nidra meditations yeah. that come with the book. Uh, there's a link. Uh, email me if the link doesn't work. <laughs> it didn't work for you, Pleasant, and it's weird that it works for some and it doesn't work. It's you're not the only one. It didn't. <laughs> but it, it doesn't work for some. I have no yeah. idea why. Who yeah. sounds true, my publisher. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, those come with the book. So it is really a book and three yoga nidra meditation. Yeah. And that's yeah. the best place to start. Yeah. Do the 40 days. Then see, see if you if you really feel yummy and juicy. I mean, we have a a, a nap club subscription, uh, an app oh. for women. Yeah. And it's it's uh, women who who really want to commit to the lifestyle. And, and I give them during to rest prescriptions each month, rest prescriptions. Oh, cool. Um, that's really wonderful. Thank you for doing that. Um, I'm sure we'll have people who listen to this who will be signing up, who will be raising their hand. For well, so we just need accountability. That's yeah, the issue. Right, right. You know, after the yeah. 40 days, some people will stay accountable. I'm kind totally. of the person who will stay accountable. But yeah, me too. Most, most people, uh, you know, are not. Need, I know. Need <laughs> yeah. So you got to feel out who, everyone has to feel out who they are. Totally. And my, and the women who are listening, who've done the Gretchen Rubin test, the habit test, and know that they are the obliger and they need the external accountability. Those are the people I want to sign up. And those of you who don't need that, the questioners, the rebellers, like you could do it on your own. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So I want people to, we're going to put the link in the show notes so that they can have that and start to experience the points. Just to close, I want to say, Karen, I've actually, Karen and I have been in communication for many years because we almost, I don't think we ever did officially offer a rest, a nap for moms at Little Ohm, but we tried. Yeah. And we've been back and forth. We have so many friends in common and um, I've watched your work over so many years and I just love, love, I just am cheering you on from the sidelines. I'm watching Daring to Rest everywhere, all over my feeds and the people that I follow and listen to who I deeply respect, who really are aligned with integrity and humility and practice and not just BS in this crazy, overwhelming social media world. And um, I'm just so proud of you and I'm so excited for you and I love the work you're bringing in the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It is truly a pleasure to be even having this conversation with you and to see you just bring this. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pleasant. That was touching. Thanks so much. And yeah, deep bow to all you're doing as well and to all the women who are listening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.